Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. So before this week's episode, I'm trying something a little different. Um, I'm really excited about my next guest, but I wanna also share about two other podcasts that I absolutely love. And here's a little bit about them, and then we'll get right into the episode. Enjoy. If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else. Hey there, campers. My name is Emmett, and I'm the host of Gaze in the Woods, a podcast that explores rural LGBTQIA2 experiences, from radical fairies and lesbian farmers to backwoods slam poets and community organizers organizing communities the community didn't know where they were all along. Can you have a pride parade when you're the only gay in the village? What is camp when you live in a trailer? And if a genderqueer bear shares their pronouns in the forest and nobody gets it, is anything real? I don't know, but let's find out together on Gaze in the Woods, an Upford Network podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Queer Teen Podcast. Super excited about my next guest. Um, I love all my summer bonus episodes. I'm really excited to meet all these different people, even if it's virtually. Um, at some point, we'll all come together in a big... Um, my goal is to actually have a big queer podcast uh, convention where all the queer podcast people go. We actually just have a bunch of LGBTQIA plus people there um, because I don't have that. But anyways, I digress. Take it away. Uh, well, hi, my name is Mike Johnson. I am the uh, executive producer and, and co-host of uh, Gayish Media, which is actually a queer content, digital content creation company. We have, we have several productions, but the one that actually connected us together is Have a Nice Gay. Uh, we started having a nice gay in January. It is a daily desk calendar style podcast, uh, guaranteed to be 10 minutes or less. Most of our episodes actually run five minutes or less and just uh, a, a little bit of a variety. We do some we do some history. We do some uh, mental health things and words of affirmation. We have poetry. Uh, poetry. We have we have games on Wednesdays and we have uh, listeners even get a chance to call in and, and participate on the air. Just uh, uh, as much variety as possible, but all of it geared towards giving you just a little bit of an uplifting moment with a queer lens put on it uh, every single day. I love that. Uh, how do you do that every day? <laughs> <laughs> well, or do you film in chunks and then like it comes out? According to yeah, some of it is just is the magic of editing, right? Like uh, uh, my 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 business partner Kyle and I do most episodes, although we have 
and want to continue to uh, roll in other voices, um, especially since he and I are both uh, cis white gay men. Uh, we want we want more voices involved in this that are that are that don't look or sound like us. Um, but yeah, we, we, we do a lot of like record several episodes at a time and then bank them. And then uh, I'll, I'll I, I do the editing most of the time the night before the episode posts. But um, that's what I so, do, too. Don't tell yeah. anybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, how do you do all that editing? And I was like, sometimes I just do it. Oh, I do, I do it a lot. I do some chunk of them in advance, but I definitely uh, if it's like a one that I'm just going to post for myself, I literally will record it, edit it and post it the same day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, I don't go crazy with editing either. I don't do You know how some podcasts have like all those bells and whistles and soundtrack and I don't, I don't carry bumpers. that. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I am starting to do ads now for the summer. I'm, I'm, I'm working with a company, a, a group called the Upford network based out of Montreal. And we work together and we just exchange each of those podcasts for ad time. It doesn't sure. cost anything, but it's just to get our voices out there um, even further. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love your podcast. I think it's quick. I love it. And it's great. And just gives you like a good example of nice things in the world and the queer yeah. community and LGBT people like that actually existed a long time ago, not just now people. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think too, one of the, one of the core missions of, of have a nice gay is that it be safe for work. Um, I, I think that there are a lot of queer podcasts out there. Some of our shows included that are, <sighs> that are, you know, sexual in nature for adults. And, and um, th this is definitely not that. We try really hard to make Have a Nice Gay safe for anybody to listen to in any context. And I, I think we've largely succeeded in that. I've muted my dog, of course. Yeah, no worries. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great. I like, um, well, that's why I started my podcast too. Well, I gave Queer Youth, Queer Teen Podcast is for Queer Youth. Um, but I have adults on it all the time and I just, I just keep it uh, very diverse uh, with gender and uh, skin color and background and um, whatever, whatever you can bring to the table. And it's been pretty cool. I mean, mm -hmm. queer youth are like, they far surpass us. They, they're doing, these kids are like coming out. Give me one second. Cause it's really There's, annoying actually. No worries. That's because I, that was my fault. I left the window open that the, yeah. that uh, he likes to sit and, protect the house with yep yep just protecting the castle that's right but not right now so stop it <laughs> uh yeah so i started that podcast for that and giving and lifting up voices and, and, and letting people really tell their stories because you know regardless of being a cis white male you know uh people still speak on behalf of the lgbt community like and they know nothing about it so yeah. and they're just like spatting off all these laws to speak for groups of people you're like but you don't know anything about like you're asking the wrong people. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. What made you, what specifically made you want to guys do this every day? Well, um, you know, we, it's again, new, correct. It's a brand new company. It, it's new. Yeah, it's new. We started in January, although our, uh, we've, we've been, the, the company has been around for a, a little over four years now. And cool. our, our, our main show gayish, which unfortunately I can't recommend to teens. It's not safe for work, but our, our, our main shows, uh, it's weekly. all good. They listen to anything. They listen to more than we you think you listen to. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, it is, it is a weekly long format show. So, uh, our, our episodes run anywhere between one and two hours. And we've been doing that for a very long time. 
and reached some level of success, spun off some other projects, but in, in, in the process of sort of brainstorming and pitching ideas to each other of, you know, what, what are, what are some shows that we don't see out there that we might want to try to try to try to fill the niche. And, um, one thing that we didn't see a lot of was uplifting content that is queer in nature, but also that's short format and easy to digest and not a major investment to tune into. Like we thought, you know, what if there is something really short, five minutes that can make you feel a little bit better and have a better day. Uh, we, we sort of poked around and didn't find anything quite like it. So we knew that that was an idea we wanted to go after. That's awesome. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Cause I, I like both, you know, I like the long drawn out series of podcasts, but then sometimes I do like a quick, like whip and quip and, and just be like, eh, cool. Great. That's all yeah. I need to hear. I was listening to some of your, um, I tried to, I was looking and I was trying to find the one about, do you still feel guilty from like a long time ago uh, or something horrible that you did? Uh, yeah. it, it was one of your episodes and I couldn't find it. I kept scrolling cause I really wanted to listen to it. I don't even know what it's about, but it's for some reason the title resonated with me or the, the um, whatever you put uh, resonated with me. What is yeah, well, when we when we first got started, we we thought we wanted it to be like a desk calendar. And what's the first thing that's on a desk calendar? It's the date. So we started naming all of the episodes after the date. And it turns out that makes it really hard to find episodes that you want to go back to. Which <laughs> I was like, where is, is it? I swear I just saw it with my own eyes. Yeah, so I, I, have a, I have a project sometime over the next month or so to go back and, and rename our episodes so that they're more descriptive of the content rather than just Ooh, being the fun. date. So. Yeah. Um, there, there's quite the catalog to go through. We just posted episode 117 this morning. Um, so it's, it's kind of a lot for me to go back through and relabel, but I'll get to it. Yeah. At some point I'm also going to transcribe all of my episodes and I'm, but they're, you know, I do long, longer episodes. So someone's yeah. going to have to transcribe an hour and I'm not going to do it, but someone's gonna yeah. have to transcribe about like an hour and a half of an episode or now I'm 45. I only have like 80 something episodes, but some of them are long. Some of them are short, but, uh, good luck. I'll eventually put it into a book, hopefully. So that's the idea. Yeah. Uh, one of our episodes on our other show, Gayish, we had a, um, a a deaf pup on and had a studio, had an, an interpreter in studio. And then, of course, obviously, it was important for that that episode in particular to be to be accessible. And uh, so we, we did transcribe that and realized how how difficult that is it's really really hard to come up with a transcript and yes. um but some people I, do that all the time my friend's podcast he does that uh uh call me adam and he will transcribe like all of his episodes and put it in a blog and i'm like i don't know i guess that's good for you and his episodes are like 45 minutes that's a lot of words to turn like to take off but, yeah, and there's some, there's some tools out there that make that easier, but it's still it's still not easy, and some of them are really expensive. Yeah. What um? So with Gayish, uh, I think I subscribed to Gayish. I'm pretty sure I do. Uh, who started the the company four years ago? Was it you or? or uh, Kyle Getz and I started oh, the company. Okay. Yeah, we've been friends for a really long time. We met in 2008. And um, right when I was coming out and then fast, fast forward, you know, eight, eight or nine years. And we always had a really good rapport and, and had 
we thought fun and interesting things to say. We had worked on some other projects together. Kyle is a, a writer, a screenwriter, and had had made some, uh, you know, short films and that kind of thing for for YouTube. And uh, I, I worked on on those productions with him. We we got to know each other in a creative space, and we're looking for other ways in which we could collaborate. And just had this idea: Hey, how about, how about a podcast? And sort of floated the idea to our friends sat down and did some work on what we thought the show was going to be about and what the format would be. And like a lot of people just bought a mic off Amazon and gave it a shot. And next thing you know, we're, we're doing this, this weekly show and kept up with it and, and built up a listenership and this crazy community that's developed around it. And, um, yeah, that's, that's how gayish media got started. Uh, that's cool. What's, what's, uh, what's your story? Your actual story, if you want to tell it. My actual story is, uh, I, I think, a not uncommon one that we don't see represented a lot in in media. I was raised in a conservative red part of the country, which is eastern Washington. We think of the Pacific Northwest as being this liberal bastion, and in many ways it is, but rural eastern washington is very agrarian it's farm-based and and is is hyper religious and extremely conservative very republican and um i i grew up um knowing that i was gay but very determined not to be i was was very much in the closet and uh Went to college at Eastern Washington University, was in a fraternity there, which I think was at least partially an attempt to keep myself in the closet. I then worked for my fraternity for a year, but returned to Eastern Washington, met a girl, and we dated and ended up getting married in my early 20s. And we were together for for five or six years. Well, we were married for five. We were together for seven and uh, uh, I just realized that I couldn't keep living this lie. We moved to Seattle. I was exposed to healthy queer people who had good lives and good careers and were fun, engaging, interesting, well-rounded people. And ultimately decided I, I couldn't I couldn't pretend to be straight anymore. I couldn't be married to this woman anymore. And at, at the ripe old age of, of 29, uh, I, I came out. And that ultimately led to my divorce, which was pretty messy and, uh, and a really awkward transition. But then, yeah, I, I was, I was out and living my gay life and, and met a man, <laughs> uh, he and I fell in love very, very quickly. And, um, we moved in together in just like three months after meeting each other. All right. Good for you. You were like, I'm going to be gay right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> although, uh, although that's that's sort of a cautionary tale, also because uh, ultimately, ultimately, we we grew apart and uh, we we divorced about three years ago after being together for eight years. Um, so uh, now I'm single, and uh, I, I feel in many ways I'm just starting to once again reacquaint myself with my 
orientation and my who I am and 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 feeling feeling myself out and trying to figure out who I am and what I want to do and 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 what I want to be when I grow up um which which is funny for a 42 year old man to say no it's not it's actually <laughs> the thing is the problem not the problem but yeah it sort of isn't a problem like you said you lived in a very conservative part of mm. that state which people wouldn't associate that state as a conservative state however it's the conservatives everywhere and the ultra conservatives everywhere, you know, because you could still be conservative and be who you want to be. You yeah. just have a conservative way of doing it. The word gets thrown around a lot, but uh, it's it's great. Like we in this country, specifically America, I always say this thing. It's like we grow up, we have this idea of what things should be. Right. You get married, you got some kids, you get a car, two cars, you live in a house and everyone just works to retire. No one actually just has fun and like works and, and, and does all of it together by the time they're like 65, 70. And they're like, now I'm going to live my life. I'm like, well, you should have been living your life in the younger years, first of all, because it's a lot easier when you're younger. Um, mm -hmm. You have more energy. <laughs> and uh, so, no, you should, what you're doing is beautiful and it's the way it's supposed to be. It's designed um, that way. And it's a, that's the best way for it to, to, to lend itself to you. And it's, I think it's great. I, yeah, live your life. Keep learning. I mean, don't stop, you know, because the minute you stop, it's like, then what's the point? It's yeah, only, it's only us on this earth, you know, there's no one else. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that there's yeah, there's a uh, there, there's a golden mean there. There's a balance to strike between just crimp down and and save every single red cent in hopes that someday you're going to be able to enjoy your life when you retire. Right. Like you <laughs> right. said, 65 or, or, or even or even older than that depending on depending on, on where you are and, and and what you do and I, I think that that's that's locked down too much you're you're deferring an opportunity to live a full life but there's also you you can you can go the other way too far right you can you can run yourself into the ground and spend too much and and carry all this debt and really have well then you're just an idiot i'm just kidding but right yeah no, no, no <laughs> but, but like but then but, that's yeah there's a balancing act you have to definitely uphold uh yeah. Do you find yourself really trying? Do you find yourself fighting? You're always going to have the things that you knew growing up. So, you never that's never going to go away. You're always going to have those that uh, the the um, strong suits that you carry. Right. The things that you learned as you grew up to protect yourself. However, what uh, what what because you, you're doing this podcast so much and you're always talking to people and you're mm -hmm. always hearing their stories. Um, do you find yourself uh, going back to things like that stop you from doing things or like, what is that journey? What is that for you? Like, because you do so much work in the queer community, clearly, because this is your business. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, there is a certain amount of me that feels like I'm making up for lost time, right? Like I'm, I'm acutely aware of the obstacles and challenges that I've had in my life and in my queer life. And uh, I, I, I definitely, feel a sense of urgency right to 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 make the most of every day right. and and do as much as i can uh at, at the same time i think I, I know that every decision led me here and who i am and where i'm at is pretty great so don't if science fiction has taught me anything it's don't mess with time travel like i don't want to i don't want to change anything about uh, my I past that. that says a lot about you by the way basically quoting science fiction. <laughs> yeah well, i, I mean it, you you can't 
you, you can't regret is a worthless emotion and I oh, could no. have a lot of it if I wanted to. There are plenty right. of things that I could regret in my life and I, I, I've had to have had to learn how not to. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think you doing the podcast and and doing the new podcast and, and actually enlightening and lifting up that helps you therapeutically as well? Like, absolutely. Shines light. I mean, I think everybody, if they have the resources, should be in therapy all the time for every reason. Everyone has their stuff. Everybody, every I always say that. I'm like, go, who cares? Yep, yep, absolutely. And and uh, we, we need to work on the stigma about mental health and, 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 and train ourselves as a society to support people going and getting especially talk therapy if, if they if they if they need it no not if they need it everybody needs it. everybody should go. you have to go to someone that doesn't know you you can't just keep going to the same people right like you can stay with your friends and family but really go to that person that yep. doesn't know you because they're yep. going to be like from a clinical standpoint and from an actual living standpoint they're going to be like uh okay well most of it's you actually all of it's you keeping yourself down so let's work through what that is Yep, absolutely. But uh, all, all that's to say then also, I think that podcasting can be good therapy. Like you've yeah. got to take a look at your life. If you if you're doing an authentic podcast, if you're bringing your real self in a, a meaningful way, it's good therapy to podcast because because you've got to collect your thoughts about who you are and what you're doing and then use your words to communicate them and I, I think that there's a lot of value in that. And I've gotten a great amount of fulfillment and joy out of sharing parts of my life. And and then in the case of Heaven Ice Gay, we do a lot of, you know, sort of exercises. We do mindfulness exercises and we do Motivational Monday is something that we do all the time, which is supposed to be like a, a, a self-improvement tip or trick. Um, a thankful Thursday, where every Thursday we practice gratitude and show, you know, in the last week, what what is something that we really feel thankful for. All of these are really good things that the podcast sort of forces me to do just to get the show out the door. Yeah, of course. I mean, it really it makes you look at you. And uh, I've, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people and uh, a lot of queer youth. And man, it's like, I just, uh, things I'm like, Oh, I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, this past season, so I do everything like in two seasons per year. Sure. Uh, so it's like 10 to 15 episodes. Um, but one of my guests from my last season, which was all about queer religion and, and taking God, whomever, and, and, and being your true self, uh, and all of that. It was very, there was, I talked to people from all over the world. So it was really enlightening to gravitate, but it's one person, uh, she was amazing, and she's one thing that she said that she uh, and I and I didn't even think of it in this way because some I love language. I'm I'm obsessed with language. I know we talk with language, but people don't really think about language often. Right, they just talk. Right, we're already always listening to people. So she said one of the things in the queer community is that when someone is comes out, you have to remember that they if someone and then they get rejected, they have to grieve the loss of the living. Uh -huh. in order to be themselves and when she said that i was like you're right because they have to find them then then find their chosen family um and and be with them and and accept that because it's hard to have your parents not accept you or your siblings or whomever in your family but mostly your parents uh your dad and your mom uh whoever raised you to not accept you um yep. so they have, they have to grieve that loss and then hopefully go to therapy and then get uh get um their tribe find their tribe whatever whoever that is for them 
Yeah, and, and, and frankly, even if it goes well, you still have to mourn the change. You have to mourn the loss yeah, of the identity it, that you once had. All you're changes gonna feel, You're going to be like, oh my God, I'm... This this feels right. Like you're gonna get these moments of like, oh god, like remember the first time you ever kissed a guy and it really felt like that's a great moment. Yep. You could you're yep. smiling right now and then you yep. all can't see it, but it's like the joy <laughs> is so great. And uh yeah. and that's why uh I think the podcast going back to it is great because those are you're honoring and you're respecting and you're showing this the joy that these things life has to offer. But like truly, like truly authentically like show it like there's so many things to like read and like motivational thing, but it has to be right for you, of course. And, um, and you got to want to do it or not. Like, I don't know. I think people get so crazy with all that stuff, but. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and Kyle and I, in, in putting have a nice gay together, we, we, we talked pretty extensively about not wanting to be too frou-frou about the type totally. of advice that we're giving that we, we want it to feel grounded and authentic. A lot of self-help material is just so over the top. The universe is amazing and unfolding exactly it's, the way it yeah, should be. Yeah. And it, it, it just, for me, it, it, if it works for you, then, then that's fantastic. I, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. And, and, but, but no, for me, okay. that lands flat. And I, I have a hard time actually connecting with that kind of a message. Um, so we're, we're, we're trying to, again, strike a balance, I think, find, find things that are uplifting and do help mental health, but not do it in this sort of really saccharine, sweet, almost gross feeling kind of way. At least that's how it lands with me. Oh, that's how it lands with me too. It took me, I mean, it took me 31 years to find something that actually worked for me. Right. And when it finally did, I'm, I'm 39 now. So when it finally did, I was like, oh, this is just real. This is the way we exist as human beings. Um, how do we actually navigate that with all the, of our stories we've created for ourselves and our, everything that's happened to us? So what, what has happened and what hasn't happened? Um, but also not forgetting those around you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of like people like the existential, you can do whatever you want. You can take drugs and like have that moment. It's fine. I have lots of friends that do it that way. Um, you know, I'm, for me, I'm connected to a lot of energy. Like I can't actually help it. I, 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 I get pulled in so far sometimes and uh it's exhausting but i i love it like and i and that's just how i can relate to humans humans as a whole um but it wasn't that way in my 20s oh no 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 i was such an asshole <laughs> <laughs> i was all about me i'm a performer a professional dancer mm -hmm. uh by trade and uh, i've been doing it since i was 16. and um when you do that in that business specifically in this business that the business in general it's very egotistical. That's what mm -hmm. it is. You're trying to be famous. You're, you're trying to get on stage. You're trying to get on Broadway, a tour, uh, on TV, whatever it is, but it has to be about you to get there. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. According yep. to, I don't know, that rule that we made up, but anyways, yeah. So I, I like that. I like matter of fact. Well, and, and you're making content for, for, for queer, for queer teens. And my impression of teens these days is that they they want that authentic real gritty unvarnished give it to me straight hat pun intended type of a delivery that like i i i feel like i feel like kids don't they don't they don't want to be spoon-fed the the not even sort of close they will the call bullshit, you bullshit version oh right? yeah <laughs> call you out they will literally i mean i don't do that i've been teaching teens and kids and everyone for well over 10 years in theater and stuff like that and and no, they, they don't want it. Now there is a difference. <laughs> there's, 
there is a difference when some of the youth that mm -hmm. I've come across have been spoon fed a lot of things and are only, it's only designed for them to remain inside of their family and they mm -hmm. can't get out of that until whenever. Um, mm -hmm. So, and, or they come from a very affluent upbringing. Uh, you know, this we all have privilege no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Everybody has privilege, but it's just how you look at it and approach it. And uh, so there is a different, it's a different conversation with kids like that. And also these kids also just, I love them but they just cancel everything because they just think they know everything. And that's uh, cool. You can cancel people, but not, you need to also find out the real truth and like from their mouth. So that's what I try to teach. That's what I try to like accomplish in the, the podcast, my podcast and um, just hearing it and let them talk. And that's what I do. That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I, I think what is, so what do you, what do you, how are you going to continue the podcast, like you just started. So I just, the goal is just to keep doing it until you're tired of doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, doing a daily show, it really, it, that's what it, I really mean. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's hard to maintain that pace and, uh, uh, so far it's been okay, but it's a, it's a relatively new endeavor. We're not even up to, um, six months yet. Yeah. I was loving the thing. It doesn't say it's not very, yeah, you just you literally just started. Yep. The I, I think that the, the the future for Have a Nice Gay is to involve more voices, more people of color, more uh, non male, non cis, absolutely voices. Uh, and there are so many stories out there. I don't know. I don't know that we're going to run out but we have to keep looking we have to keep digging for for things that we want to say and do and convey um yeah i i, I think i worry more than my co-host does about running out of material like when are we just going to become you know either the same old thing every day or just completely out of ideas and so far that hasn't happened um, I also was more worried than he was on our other show, Gayish. I thought for sure we were going to run out of topics, and we're two hundred and twenty. So you're telling something. me you worry a lot. Is that what you're saying? I'm not a. <laughs> Are you I'm pragmatic. Not a, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. A, I'm a worrier in that I think that uh, I. I look at. Um, I. I don't want to embarrass myself publicly, and that leads to worry i'm not a socially anxious person i love meeting people yeah i don't i don't worry about like my day job i don't worry about my my life that much but i do worry about my audience and the community and and making sure that i'm doing right by them and i, I do i do have quite a bit of anxiety about that the best part about that is they don't give a shit <laughs> you give a camera than they do but neither here nor there you can go to therapy for that right <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. And then, you know what, to me, I love that because yes, it causes a bit of anxiety. Of course, embrace your anxiety, take it on. But uh, it's also you care like, and it's, and it's, and it's nice. And it, I mean, I'm sure it's connected to you not coming out to later in life where you're like, you worried about what everybody thought of you and you don't mm -hmm. want to do them wrong. And now you have, the, you're just being yourself. And to, that takes a while. I mean, it takes a your whole life to just continuously be like, you're right. You know what? No one actually cares. Yeah. It doesn't matter. 
but I'm going to worry about it anyways. And I'm going to worry about it anyways. So, yeah. Well, and, and part of part of what you're saying reminds me of this idea that 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 coming out is not a singular event. Like never, we have, whole, we've never. we've built coming up in media and in stories that we tell as this like the day I came out and then it was over and I was <laughs> completely out Everything all the time to everyone. And, Everybody knew. And that's just not how it works. I yeah. every single brand new person that I meet, I have to decide if I'm going to come out to them or not. Sure. And and that is uh I, I think something that we that we don't talk about enough that it's 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 a continuation. It happens all the time, and it's never over. Um, it just to gets the, easier to the person you speak to on the phone. You know, like I'm always, and we always think of it. You know, it's like I have a husband, and so I'm always like, "Oh, my husband and me," and I always say it. You know, and I I don't think of it. I just say it, but I know that I just came out to that person, and yep. I don't know who they are. They yep. could be the most conservative, crazy, Christian, crazy person on the other phone, or they could just not even care. But yep. I think of those things. We'll always think of those things. You're always coming in. It doesn't matter. You just are. Um, well, and practicing not owning other people's feelings is really valuable, but especially wow. valuable for queer people. And yeah, um, I, I, I think also it's funny that podcasting gives you an opportunity to not manage other people's feelings as well right like if you if you think it's important if you think it's valuable and you put it out into the universe if somebody reacts poorly to it you have to you have to learn that it's on them right oh it has nothing to do with me i mean i've been called a molester or i've been molested a bunch of times on social media so it's cool like i i, I haven't and i don't so what <laughs> you found me i mean you're coming to my podcast you found my it says queer in my title so right. You found me, and if I and I post a lot. I have a big mouth. I don't mind it. it doesn't bother me. Um, but it's so interesting. I just went on. I just started to do TikTok. Oh wow! Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. But actually, however, uh, there's <laughs> Wait, a making lot content of, on TikTok or watching TikTok. No, I'm making content, and I'm sending oh, wow. out just like artwork and all this kind of stuff. And um, you know how algorithms. It, it depends on the song you put and the tags you put, right? So that's how kids mm -hmm. find it. However, you know, there's a lot of queer youth on TikTok, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, some of these hashtags have millions and billions of hashtag views. So it's like, okay. And I'm creating something that's gonna launch June 1st um, called, I can say it because it'll be past June 1st, called Queer Universe. So it's a website that everyone will go to and get a ton of queer content my podcast and so forth, but it's the universe of queerdom. Like everything is queer inside once you enter. Um, mm. And you can be like a super queero and like there's all these fun things you can do inside the website. So that's, that's something I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, but that's why I joined TikTok because I know that's a connection and I just got to do it. It's just queero, I love a good portmanteau. Good work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I started doing that months ago because I'm doing something for NYC Pride with the podcast. Um, for queer youth, and uh, I created Super Queero, and then mm -hmm. like, I got a cartoon of myself as my like alter uh -huh. ego. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's just a, TikTok is interesting. If you ever ever venture in there, good luck. Well, when TikTok was, TikTok was fairly new, I installed it on my phone, and I got just stuck in the vortex, and like I, it was it was affecting my sleep, so I had to <laughs> I had to like I had to Isn't back up. Funny, cause... you're like scroll. Oh my god, that's so funny. Scroll like oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah and you just keep you can't take your eyes off of it because it's so easy so. yeah and and it's so addicting it like it's a dopamine hit and and um uh, it, that's what it, it is yeah. 
uh, it's probably therapy for that now. People can't actually go to therapy for social media. They have to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what's the future now? Okay, so first, I like to ask, we'll wrap it up, but I like to ask two things. One, please give some words of wisdom to my queer youth listeners. They usually love that. I love that. And then I'll ask the next question after you give your words of wisdom. What would you say? To my sure. Um, my words of wisdom. I think that if I, when, when I see older queer people interact with younger queer people, it seems like there's this divide and it is based in just really some pretty, pretty terrible beliefs that older queer people have about how easy youth have it today. They think, you know, we lived through the AIDS crisis and we lived through religious, the rights of, of the religious right in this country. And we lived through the days when we couldn't be married. And, and th there's some pride built up around that. And then looking at queer youth, they think you have it so easy and you don't even appreciate it. And it turns into this battle over, um, I don't know, it, it, there's, there's friction there. And I first, it's not all older queer people. I, I love um, the, the next generations. I think that Gen Z is going to save the world. And I, I, I think that they're way better than my generation, which is Gen X, uh, um, way better at, at a lot of things, um, more connected, more interested, m more engaged, uh, and, and they're going to save the world. But um, my, my, my advice, I guess, would be not to forgive any behavior that you see from older queer people, um, because if it sucks, it sucks. But maybe, maybe just try to understand where they're coming from, because I, I think that there are different challenges today. We have a long ways to go, but uh, we we really do we do really do owe a lot to older generations for how far we've come, and and just. I, I, I want both groups to understand each other better. I don't know. That's, you know, that gets brought up a lot. I talk to a lot of people and that's like, that's first of all, that's great with wisdom. Secondly, it always gets brought up. I mean, you're not the only one. It, 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 and there's been projects, whole projects on it. Like um, I'm trying to work with somebody. They did a whole project where an older queer person and a young queer person took a photo together and they had a conversation. Uh, and I think more of that needs to happen. And I think we need to do it with grace on both ends and try to understand both ends because the, even if they're young, they still have a story and you don't know how it's developed. And even if they're old, they still have a story and you don't know actually where they're coming from. So uh, yeah, it's marrying the two. And with, yeah, these, these kids, they know a lot, um, but they also have to remember there is a past that we can talk about to make it so we understand each other better. That's all, yep. I mean. It's a beautiful thing. So where can they find you? Uh, well, we are Have a Nice Gay Pod on all social media, and our website is haveanicegay.com. Uh, our other show, Gayish, is gayishpodcast.com. Both shows are available on every podcatcher, on every platform. You will have no problems finding us. Um, but yeah, we, 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 we would love to have you. Come, come join the party. <laughs> Thank you so much. For that chat it was great for, for more information and you want to hear some fabulous quick 
um, inspirational things, go to Have a Nice Gay podcast. It's really great. It's just fun. Um, also, just a friendly reminder, please, 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 if you want to become a Patreon of Quarantine Podcast, all I gotta do is go to patreon.com forward slash Quarantine Podcast, and $5 goes a long way for making a brighter day for me podcast. And of course, visit queeruniverse.org for your one-stop shop on all things queer and loving. And I want to thank Michael J. Grabrowskis for being my on-air sponsor. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio. Thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.